On today's episode of the Locked On the Louisville podcast, we are going to be discussing D. Wiggins, George Washington III, and more. So with that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I'd like to take this time to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. Terms and conditions apply. At this time, I want to say thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On, the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. A little bit of a, a mixed bag to discuss today, uh, football, basketball, recruiting, and a mailbag. Uh, we'll start out by uh, talking about some unfortunate news. Uh, Louisville wide receiver D. Wiggins will miss the remainder of the football season after a uh, toe injury in which he had surgery on. Scott Satterfield announced on Tuesday. Um, we'll also discuss four-star 2023 combo guard George Washington III um, cutting his list to five with the Cardinals making that cut. And then as I just alluded to, the final segment will be dedicated to the weekly mailbag. Um, a scheduling note before we talk about D. Wiggins, I, I know that I had planned for today to talk about the the spread against South Florida, how good the Bulls are, and and you know, et cetera. Um, but we had some some news pop up, obviously, with the D. Wiggins injury and George Washington the third cutting his list. So we'll dive into uh, South Florida preview uh, starting tomorrow, and obviously through the Friday episode of the show. So um, yeah, so. On Tuesday, um, during his weekly press conference, Louisville head coach Scott Satterfield announced to the media that wide receiver D. Wiggins would miss the remainder of the college football season after sustaining a toe injury uh, in the game against Florida State, and he underwent season-ending surgery um, since then. So, um, a pretty big loss for the Louisville wide receiving core. Um, I want to talk about what it means, you know, from an individual standpoint and also what it means from a collective standpoint in discussing the uh, position as a whole. Obviously, I think D. Wiggins just came off of his best game as a Louisville Cardinal, um, had a couple of big catches, especially in the first half uh, before he went down um, against Florida State. You know, with Malik Cunningham spreading the ball out more, D. Wiggins was, uh, you know, the uh, one of the main guys that were getting more targets. Um, he is currently fourth on the team in the receiving charts, four receptions for 67 yards, 16.8 yards per reception, had a 23-yard uh, catch as his season long. Um, but only one receiver has a receiving touchdown this season. That is Travion Cooley. Um or I guess you could say, quote-unquote, receiver. I know Trayvon Cooley is, is a running back. But uh, statistically speaking, um, obviously it doesn't seem like this is too big of a loss when you just look at you know statistics and you think, oh, well, he only has four catches for 67 yards. Well, I would definitely recommend to those that are thinking that way to 
do not think that way. Um, number one, there, there's a couple ways you need to look at this. Number one, Louisville is just now starting to spread the passing attack around. Obviously, uh, we're only three games in. That first game against Syracuse, Tower Hudson really was the only one getting a you know significant amount of targets. Uh, Central Florida offensively, we were struggling there as well. Uh, Florida State, the offense looked a little bit better than the first two weeks, but still nowhere near the um, offensive potential. I think the team is 69th in total offense um, is what I read on Twitter. So um, if I'm wrong on that, blame Twitter. Um, but this this is a big loss. I think that the D. Wiggins, you know, being Justin Marshall's replacement, I'm not saying that he would have been a thousand yard receiver, but I think having his uh, veteran leadership, having his Power Five experience, you know, to go throughout the season, and you know, with him being one of the only projected players with his size, um, it, it's it's hard to say that this injury is not going to have a big impact on the wide receiver position group. Uh, simply from the fact that is, I, I think that, you know, he was one of the guys that impressed in fall camp. You know, he's was a listed starter, so you're losing one of your starting wide receivers. And that's something that's tough to deal with, right? I think that, um, um, you know, you could look at this and say, well, he only has four catches, so can't they just replicate that, um, you know, production with a different receiver? Well, that brings me to my next point, and that is probably the bigger concern is the fact that Louisville already came into the season without a ton of numbers in the position group. Obviously, Devon Mortimer uh, did not make it to campus. Um, and now with D. Wiggins out, you only have, I think, under eight scholarship wide receivers. It might be seven now. Um, you know, you've got Tyler Hudson, Amari Huggins, Bruce, Braden Smith. Um, and then you have some of the uh, unproven guys like Jalen Carter, Chance Morrow, Chris Bell. Uh, so on and so forth. So you're kind of uh, not necessarily running out of options, but your depth is really, really wearing thin to the point now where you're like, you can't really afford to lose another receiver. You couldn't afford to do so then. You definitely can't afford to do so now. Um, so what does this mean? What are the implications for the future after this injury? Well, I think that this could be the um, the – opportunity arising for true freshman wide receiver Chris Bell, the 6'2 receiver from the state of Mississippi, um, you know, showed throughout uh, the offseason and even in fall camp, you know, had some moments of promise. He seems like the, um, you know, clear maybe replacement. And then you have Jalen Carter, the former walk-on that was just awarded a full-ride scholarship, the local product out of Manual High School, transferred from Eastern Kentucky before last season. And you also have a 6'6 wide receiver in Chance Morrow as well. So um, there are those are the three options. Really, those are the only options that you can kind of roll with here. Um, now, from a production standpoint, I, I don't think any of those three guys are going to come in and play big-time roles. But I, now you lose like your, your big receiver in terms of height. So I, I wonder if, if this is going to be more so of a – uh, by committee approach where you see all three of those guys that I just mentioned get some snaps or if you're going to see Louisville just continue to go smaller and, and run Tyler Hudson more on the boundary and um, you know allow Braden Smith and Amari Huggins Bruce to occupy the slot and the other side of the field um, 
that, that that's kind of the question to have. But like I said, you really can't afford any injury. I wonder if this means that we'll see Marshawn Ford kind of being used more as a traditional wide receiver rather than just as an H-back or even a traditional tight end. Um, I know going into last season, that was kind of one of the main focal points of interest was that the team was going to try to use Marshawn Ford in a variety of different ways, kind of how uh, Florida uses Kyle Pitts, Georgia uses Cal, or Cal Bowers, uh, Brock Bowers, uh, so on and so forth. So I'm interested to see, you know, what the coaching staff kind of has in mind for the position moving forward. Um, but, you know, for a for an offense that, you know, is predominantly based upon the run, um, I think right now it's accounting for 60% or so of the total plays maybe. Um, I need to take a look at that. Eh, I mean, definitely over 50%. I mean, this is a rushing offense. that we It's, it's an offense that is um, starting to come around and really start to set the tone at the line of scrimmage for the rushing attack. So I would imagine Lowell to continue to go back to its bread and butter and then use the rushing attack to set up the passing game. Um, so, you know, you never know what the opportunities were going to look like for D. Wiggins this season. Um, I'm not going to say that because of the lack of production that this is not of large um, loss because he, you know, Louisville has a you know a handful of smaller receivers that are more so um, you know shifty guys, not necessarily aerial threats. Um, I know Tyler Hudson's in the six two range, and then you have some unproven guys. But hey, the mantra now is next man up, and yeah, your depth is really being tested here. You're testing some of the unproven guys. One of them is Jalen Carter, that's been in the program a couple seasons now. Um, you know, see if he can try to put his stamp on his senior year. Um, you also have two true freshmen that now, you know, as it looked like they weren't going to get much time at all. One of, if not both, may see some significant snaps now. And I think that honestly, in my opinion, there's one name that I'm really circling here that we're going to see here in the next couple weeks. And I think that that's Chris Bell. Chris Bell is the guy that I mentioned as the true freshman on offense that's going to make the big, biggest impact. He doesn't have one single catch on the season thus far. I think that that's going to change in the weeks going forward because it has to. Um, you know, you have to have some substitutions in the wide receiving committee. Um, and I think that pound for pound in terms of the direct uh, relation to skill set, um, you know, Chris Bell is probably the closest when it comes to, um, you know, uh, replicating the skill set that D. Wiggins brings to the table. Uh, but still a big loss. Wiggins came to Louisville looking to try to reignite his career after um, kind of getting passed over a little on the depth chart down in Coral Gables. Um, but now after three games, you're you know, pretty much obviously the season is over. It'll be interesting to see um, you know, what the future has for Wiggins. I'm not I think he has uh, I think he has a year left. Um, if he can apply for a medical red shirt, um, assuming he does want to utilize that, um, which would be solid to have him for next year. Um, but regardless, I think that it is, it is a tough loss and, um, Chris Bell, Chance Morrow, Jalen Carter going to be the guys that get called upon, in my opinion, uh, in the void. Um, you're going to see guys like Hudson, Amari Huggins, Bruce, Braden Smith get targeted more, um, I'm interested to see if this means we'll see Josh Johnson. I, I'm not sure if Josh is hurt or not. Um, I haven't heard his name. I'm not sure if this means that you know he's been kind of battling some injury. 
Um, but I hadn't heard anything. Let's see. Yeah. Um, I haven't really seen anything about Josh Johnson recently about injuries. So I would assume that it's just a matter of depth chart proceedings. Um, we'll see, you know, uh, Johnson having to probably step into like more of a slot role and maybe they move uh, Mari Huggins Bruce Braden Smith out more so to the the boundary instead of using him in the slot so um, we'll kind of see how that ends up working out like I, like I said I think that uh, also another thing to focus on is I think that we're going to be using uh, Marshawn Ford more so out in the in the uh, boundary as well so big loss that Lowell is going to have to you know figure out how to continue to stay healthy at the position and, um, you know, replicate that production. So um, I want to take this time now to transfer over into basketball talk, recruiting in specifics. George Washington, the third 2023 four-star combo guard, cut his list to five. The Cardinals made that list. We're going to talk about everything you need to know about that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Um, you're able to do so very, very easily. You can add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs the number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So moving on into the basketball recruiting segment of the show, four-star combo guard George Washington III cut his list of five. On Tuesday, the Cardinals made that list alongside of Virginia, Dayton, Michigan, and Wake Forest. Um, it seemed like when it was announced that Washington would be releasing his top five, um, you kind of had the feeling that Louisville was going to make the list. Uh, the Cardinals were very serious in his recruitment before he committed to Ohio State back in 2020. Um, the team was uh, 2021, maybe. Um, regardless, um, uh, the team was very. Um, you know, involved in his recruitment. They prioritized him a lot, albeit it was the former coaching staff under Chris Mack. But um, Washington was a big fan of the city, a big fan of the program. So it felt like when Louisville reached back out after Washington decommitted from Ohio State that you felt like Louisville was going to make the cut, right? Um, they ended up making the cut. Dayton is seemingly the presumed leader at this point. Um, George's father. Uh, is currently an assistant coach for the Dayton women's basketball program. It seems like uh, it seems like there is a correlation, um, obviously, maybe with staying at home uh, or home now. Washington's family has been one that's kind of moved around. Uh, you know, started out in Texas the past two seasons, played his high school ball at Christian Academy in Louisville, and now um, will be finishing his senior season up in Dayton, playing for Chaminade Julien. Uh, the 76th best player, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, uh, ninth-ranked shooting guard, second uh, best in the state of Ohio. 
Um, he's listed as a shooting guard. I think at the next level, he presents more to be, um, you know, a combo guard playing, you know, the one. And if he's not playing the one, he's a secondary ball handler. Um, as I mentioned in the last show um, when we discussed Washington, is that I'm a big advocate for his game. And I, I don't necessarily look at the rankings here and think, okay, you know, he's going to be a guy that um, may take a couple seasons to progress. And when he does, you know, it might be at the back end of his career. I don't think that at all. I think that George Washington III is a baller. Um, I've seen him play in person a handful of times over the past couple seasons. I've announced a couple games in which he's played, most notably in the seventh region tournament against uh, Caleb Glenn's male Bulldogs uh, last March. So I was able to see them to go head to head. Um, and there would be nothing I would want more than to have two uh, former Louisville High School stars uh, playing for the University of Louisville. Obviously, Caleb Glenn, a native of the of the Derby City, but um, George Washington III did live here for an amount of time. Um, he is a microwave scorer, can score at all three levels, a, a lockdown perimeter or a lockdown, a knockdown perimeter shooter, creates his own offense really, really smoothly off the dribble. And most notably, in my opinion, is showing that he can create for his teammates. And that is a big uh, factor here that you have to really focus on uh, when you talk about what he projects to be at the next level. He's a little bit undersized to be um, a shooting guard, maybe not the collegiate level, but definitely um, at the professional level at six foot two. I think that his game is more suited for playing the one, um, you know, in a sense to where you're, you know, um, you know, seeing him in ball handling duties and things of that nature. Uh, a serviceable defender uh, does a good job of reading defenses, um, you know, jumping passing lanes, things of the nature. Um, so I, needless to say, as I mentioned the last time we discussed George Washington III, look, I think he is going to be a tremendous college player, and I definitely would love that for the University of Louisville for a team that's definitely going to be needing guard play after this season. Um, he told on three in an interview, uh, one of the biggest things about them, them being Louisville, is with their new staff, and it's, it's an amazing opportunity to come in and play for pros and for guys that have been there. It's a good situation, a great school with a great basketball legacy. Um, so obviously it seems like uh, Dayton is going to be tough to beat here. Um, you know, Virginia, Michigan, Wake Forest also in the mix. I really feel like if Louisville – uh, prioritizes George Washington the third. Um, if they um, put the full court press on him like they've done some other guys in this class in the 2024 class, I think Louisville's going to be right into the mix um, up until signing day or whenever Washington decides to commit. Uh, whether or not that's going to be enough to um, you know sway Washington to commit, that that's a different story. But I think that if Louisville wants to seriously be involved in this recruitment, that they are going to be seriously involved in this recruitment. I think that Washington has, um, you know, a, a solid, um, you know, foundation here in the Louisville. And what I mean by that is uh, I'm, I kind of worded that wrong. He has a, um, a good feel for the university. He knows he's familiar. There's a familiarity aspect of it. Maybe it's not his hometown, but he has lived here before, so he knows what to expect. It's not um, necessarily a, um, you know, a, uh, you know, mystery, but – Ultimately, he knows this program. He's been around this program. He's, vid he's visited this program. So uh, that's something to focus on. I think that if Louisville wants to get involved, they definitely um, are going to be involved to the very end. So um, final segment of the show, we're going to transfer over into the um, the weekly mailbag. We'll do that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at Bet Online. 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts. BetOnline is also your, your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MLB, boxing, MMA, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So diving right on in to the weekly mailbag, um, there's a couple good questions, uh, mainly football. First one up is probably what a lot of people are asking themselves. If Louisville does, in fact, lose to South Florida, does that mean Scott Satterfield will be fired before the next game against Boston College? I don't think so. Uh, full transparency, I think that if a coaching change were to occur, I'm not saying it's going to occur, but if it were to occur, I think it would be at the end of the season unless Louisville loses their next five to six games and they are really, really struggling. But then again, I, I, let's hope that it doesn't get to that point. Um, I don't think that he gets fired after the um, South Florida game as much as the fan base probably would wish he would be. There is a financial um, you know, factor to to understand here and that's that uh you know his buyout is pretty pretty big at this moment I, i'm not sure the exact number on that um but i think that it decreases sometime in december so i'm not necessarily sure when this would take place if it were to take place but i really really doubt it would be after the week four matchup so next question do you feel nervous at all the fact that louisville opens up a double digit favorite over uh, the South Florida Bulls, um, kind of uh, naturally, yes, mainly because, um, you know, South Florida just played Florida tough down in the swamp. Now, Florida, in my opinion, is not a good football team whatsoever uh, unless they make a coaching change. And even then, it's kind of up in the air uh, at this point. Um, I, I don't. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I expect a Louisville to be a double digit point favorite. Um but, yeah, I mean, it makes me nervous just because if Louisville loses, that makes this loss look just that much more worse is the fact that this is a game that Louisville was definitely, definitely supposed to win. And um, going one and three is one thing. Going one and three to, you know, two teams that you were favored to beat going into those games, that's a totally different story. So, um, keeping on right along, if you had the opportunity to take any of the – top 2023 20, point guards or either of the top 2024 20, guards that Louisville was offered, who would you take and why for the 2023 class? Um, full transparency, uh, I'm okay with reclassifications. It just seems like even, you know, even though there are very, very few um, instances or, um, you know, pieces of evidence that show that reclassifications are actually successful, at least in year one. So um, I think that I would keep Elliot Cadeau and Boogie Fland in the 2024 class for recruiting or, um, you yeah, so it's down between DJ and AJ Johnson. Um, you know, this is going to seem like, Oh Dalton, you're just saying this because Kentucky is favor for DJ. I am probably the biggest advocate for AJ Johnson out there. Uh, the former or the former, the current, uh, my gosh, I can't speak. The brother, younger brother of current Houston Rockets star Jalen Green. I am a big Rockets fan, uh, full, full disclosure. Um, but I, I think that AJ's ceiling is one of the top three in this class. Um, I think that, you know, he has, uh, you know, extreme athleticism, a 
nuclear offensive skill set, um, you know, just oozing with potential. I think that, um, you know, when Johnson shows that he can add weight to his frame, you know, he's kind of a little thin now, I think 165 pounds. Um, look, Johnson's going to be a phenom, and that's not, you know, dissing DJ Wagner at all because I would happily take either one and be on my way. Obviously, from a uh, optical look, you would probably rather have DJ uh, because of the the uh, optical look of it. But I think from a, a basketball standpoint, I, I, this is nothing against DJ. This is just more so how high I am on A.J. Johnson's game. So I would probably go A.J. Johnson. So, All right. Whew, excuse me. All right, continuing on into the next question. This goes back to the football side of things. Um do you think that Pierce Clarkson would be a guy that starts year one for the Louisville Cardinals? I'm assuming that he does end up signing. Um, you know, I think that that's a fair question. If it came down to the guys on the roster right now, Evan Connolly, Brock Dolman, and um, Caleb Johnson, I think that Pierce Clarkson would be the starter. Um, no disrespect to either any of those guys, but I think that that's kind of probably the vision that Scott Satterfield or whoever is going to be the next head coach. Uh, if Scott does not make it past this season um, as the Louisville coach, um, I, I think that Pierce Clarkson probably um, will definitely be in that mix. I, I don't see a situation to where any of the guys in the current team in, in the current roster would, would beat him out. I think that the only thing that maybe would be a, a thing to focus on would maybe if they go with a one year grad transfer to allow Pierce Clarkson to not be thrown into the fire, so to speak, and allow him to to learn the college offense. Um, you know, whoever's offense that is, and um, you'll be able to grow into it. And then by year two, you know, you're right there. So, um, like I said, um, talked about D. Wiggins, George Washington the third, and the weekly mailbag. Uh, tomorrow's episode will be dedicated to previewing or starting the preview against the South Florida Bulls. Thanks again for making Locked On the Louisville your first lesson of the day. You can find us on all streaming services, including YouTube and WHAS 11 Plus. Now, do yourself a favor, make Locked On ACC your second lesson. Uh, that podcast hosted by Candace Cooper also Monday through Friday doing the best job of covering the conference as a whole. But that's going to wrap up this Wednesday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.